Welcome back to another episode of Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. I'm Dylan. I'm one of your co-hosts here, and my employees are down to 33 and a half hours a week. We are down, well, yeah, we used to be open six days a week, uh, really six and a half days a week, and now we're open four days a week. Instead of having two people on staff during any transition, we just have one person on staff. Well, my name is Gloria Morris, and I own Float 60, and my staff is working about 10 and a half hours per person per week to continue their unemployment. Um, in the studio, we're covering, we used to cover like 125 hours a week. Now we're covering about 60 hours uh, in the studio. This is Drew from New Hampshire Float in New Hampshire. I am currently uh, doing the majority of the work. I'm down to two employees. I lost a couple. Um, total hours down, I'm not exactly sure, but they're only doing 15 hours a week and I'm doing the rest. And that's my biggest cost savings that I was able to figure out. So I'm working more, they're working less, I'm open less, and there's less of everything. It's great. It's great. <laughs> this is Kim with Suki Hair Float Center in Salt Cave in Southern Indiana. And um, my part-timers are down to, well, my my intern is uh, currently interning at home, I think. Um, she's not with us at the moment, but our part-timer um, is only getting about five hours a week at the moment. This is yeah. Jeremy with Float in San Antonio. Um, I went from working about one shift a week in my center to about 50 hours a week right now. Um, we brought everybody back after being closed, uh, because we, we did get PPP, but, um, oddly enough, we're training three people right now because we've had a, um, a bunch of turnover. So it's an interesting situation there. Um, but yeah, we're doing okay. Nice, Jeremy. I'm glad to hear that. So yeah, Jeremy is joining us tonight. Jeremy, um, I've always really enjoyed his acumen for marketing and getting people in his doors and keeping his tanks filled. So I wanted to ask him on because I feel like he's doing all right. Uh, and, and I'll let him speak for himself here. But I, Jeremy, I, I would love to hear, um, I mean, and I, I know we have a hard out here, but I want to hear a little bit of backstory about how COVID has affected you guys, your closure in your local area, and then, you know, how you guys are recovering. And I mean, we, we opened with how many hours we're cutting, like, I didn't expect yours to be that large. Like that sounds like that's a major component of saving money and, uh, and staying in business. Uh, please go for it. Yeah. So we, um, a little bit of a backstory. We opened, so we've been, we opened in 2016 with three float tanks and then kind of grew from there. We added massage therapy, infrared sauna, a fourth float tank. And then in February of 2020, we just opened an expansion, which added a, a salt cave, um, another therapy room, a couple's massage room, and a fifth float tank. Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> so we got to enjoy that for about six weeks, and then we were shut down uh, March 18th. Um, we were um, forced to stay closed for two months, although that was pretty voluntary as well. It was actually quite a relief to kind of have that forced closure because we were really trying to decide what to do at the time. Right. Um, Reopened um, May 18th. It was exactly two months. Um, we were able to keep our, like I said, keep our staff on. We, we were able to uh, obtain PPP because uh, we already had a great relationship with a small local bank. Um, 
we paid our employees with that, but we were also able to cover rent. So that was a, a pretty great um, opportunity for us. Um, opening back up was really strange. We were, I was personally really anxious about it, but once we got back into the swing of things, it felt, uh, felt pretty normal, just wearing masks and social distancing. We changed a few things in the center. We closed, uh, we closed a little bit earlier. Now we used to do our last floats at 8.30 PM. Now we do our last floats at 6.30 PM, um, opening time about the same at 10 AM. Um, so that's helped a little bit with payroll that you know, during the shutdown, I looked back at our, our costs and um, payroll was definitely a massive part of our budget. Um, we also have uh, a pretty big therapist staff right now because we have this single massage room and then a couple's massage. So when you're open seven days a week, we had um, six therapists on staff. Um, I had to make some really tough decisions. Um, I had a manager uh, before. Um, she's mostly stayed on. She's cut her hours back, but we did have to kind of remove the title of manager and mm. uh, reduce pay a little bit just to just to save some money. I had a lead therapist and kind of a similar thing. Um, we also changed the pay structure for our massage therapist um, just because I had an opportunity to kind of look at, hey, where can we can, where can we change things so that it's um, this place can be more profitable or more lean. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that put together, we went from over 20,000 a month in payroll down to um, like 14 in June. So massive savings there. We also trimmed a little bit of fat as far as like different um, costs. Um, we've cut back marketing uh, some just to, to try and lean it up a bit. Um, but as far as marketing, we, uh, sorry, Dan, go ahead. Okay. Oh, um, no, everything's great. I, I do have a question just going back a little bit. Um, and maybe I just need a little bit more context about the area that you're living in, but you're hit pretty hard, right? Like your area. Is that true? I mean, I know Texas is huge, so maybe I'm. No, it was initially, you know, when this all started, you know, everybody was kind of freaking out. We didn't know much about the virus and how it was spread and what we needed to do. Um, and so now we look back at the case numbers we're seeing and we're like, that would be like the best ever, you know, uh, seeing, you know, less than a hundred cases a day would yeah. be great. But yeah, we are in San Antonio and um, we've been seeing some really scary numbers um, the last, uh, really the last month. Um, unfortunately, you know, some of this has gotten politicized. So we're also seeing a lot of our community that's not wearing masks. They're not taking it seriously. Um, I've even heard of business owners that tested positive that are still operating, not in the float industry, but, um, a barber was, uh, my friend went and got his haircut and the guy had tested positive, wasn't wearing masks, got his entire crew sick and was still operating until somebody called him out on it. So that's the kind of stuff we're seeing in red States. Um, God, you know, I love freedom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Well, and didn't it recently spike again, Jeremy, where um, now people, there's some kind of travel restriction that if you're flying from Texas, you can't fly in yeah. places? Yeah, we're winning right now. We're getting all the numbers. Um, it's like Houston is probably being hit hard, the, the worst. Um, Austin and San Antonio are both in there. Our mayor puts out um, COVID numbers every day, and we're getting to the point where we're seeing eight or 900 cases a day. Um, and yeah, yeah. And it was, it was, it was climbing exponentially for a while, but then they, they started 
they added back some of the restrictions. We just opened back up too quickly, in my opinion. You know, everybody's got an opinion about this, yeah, but exactly. um, they we had gotten to where restaurants were uh, back open to seventy five percent, and they took off mask restric- restrictions, which I think was um, a big part of it. So I was going into the grocery store. I'm wearing a mask, but literally no one else is, and so I think that was a big part of it. So yeah, immediately wow. the numbers just start climbing exponentially and right now it's kind of leveled off a little bit we're still like i said we're still seeing eight or nine hundred but the eight or nine hundred aren't jumping to sixteen hundred the next day yeah the fact that that's not continuing (laughs) continuing an exponential increase is a really good sign the governor finally required masks again and um social distancing they cut back the they went from 75 percent to 50 percent in restaurants i think so little things like that, and but we are still at a point where they could uh, they could shut us down again. There's been a little bit of chatter about that. The mayor said, "Hey, if you guys don't start taking this seriously, start wearing masks, we're going to have to close stuff down." So I'm I'm still a little bit in limbo with that. Wow. So, so um, we've talked about for several episodes the different things that we're doing to make sure our centers are like <laughs> I, I believe our centers are very safe as mm-hmm. is, like by design. Uh, but we've been talking about the UVC lights that we've been installing. Um, there, uh, there, there are a bunch of things that um, we're doing, requiring masks inside the building, um, changing intros to video only. Um, shout out to Kim doing those videos for people. Uh, give her a call if you want to get one of those made. Um, sorry, I haven't got you those photos yet. Uh, so um, there are all these different things that uh, they're doing. And like in Portland, <laughs> we've seen a, a large increase, but it's around two to 300 a day. Uh, and now masks are required inside, outside, wherever you are. Um, but the, I, I feel like in my city, let, let's just say I was just a business person, not, in, not a moral person or, or had an opinion on this. I would say what I was doing was good for marketing, right? Like this was good for my mm-hmm. city to see that I'm doing. Um, and I believe in what we're doing. Like I'm, I'm personally, I will just little asterisks there say that I'm happy with what I'm doing. Do you feel like in your area that's not as necessary for, for the point of view of people coming in in your area? No, um, I think that I think that it's important to talk about. And I started to put that information back out there. You know, we had a main on our on our website. We had a statement from, you know, from the owners talking about some of what we're doing and and trying to make that as public as possible. I, I think it's important to talk about it and not be afraid to, but it's also reputation is critical right now. Unfortunately, I think a lot of the stuff that you need to do to be successful through this time is based in the groundwork that you laid before, whether it's in your finances and you know whether it's savings or um, the way that your business is structured but also your reputation with your clients. If you look at our Google reviews, one of the main things that's mentioned is this place is really clean. I felt like it's really clean, things like that. So when you're talking about guests that are coming back, did they have that feeling before or did you have salt everywhere and they found a hair in their tank? You know, it's, it's the things that you do to gain respect and the trust of your clients that's gonna save you long-term. And memberships. Memberships are everything. What did you do during closure with memberships? It was tricky because we we had um, float memberships, and our float memberships are set up so that the credits roll over 
and I'll explain how we've updated that. In the past, it's been forever. Uh, now it's six months. Um, and then we had an infrared sauna membership where credits didn't roll over, but it was kind of like, you can come as much as you'd like while you have your membership going. So oh, those two had to be handled differently. And I, I fumbled it a little bit, honestly, because we just had no idea when we were going to be back open. And I saw that some float centers proactively did that. And I think that that is a respectable way to handle it. I felt like it was better to allow the client to reach out to us if they needed to pause their membership. That worked out really well with the float <laughs> membership because they get to retain their credits. I should have reacted quicker on the sauna membership because they can't use credits later. So I ended up pausing all of our sauna memberships, which was only like 20 people. So it wasn't a huge thing to tackle. And we gave them their time back when we reopened. Um, so that worked out fine. We've, we've brought most of them back, um, on our float memberships. We were at about 210 before closure and, um, we dropped down to 180 at our lowest point. We're back up to, uh, 210 right now. So, um, and that, what that came out to in dollars was about, um, between 10 and $12,000 a month. So we were actually able to pay all of our bills with our recurring memberships during shutdown. And that's why I've always been such a huge advocate of memberships. Like, I don't care what your model is in the float industry. Yeah. You've got to stress memberships with every single client, every single time, because there's seasonality. There's this kind of crazy stuff that happens and it's your best insurance policy. Drew, did you want to debate that? Did you want to counter that? No, no. <laughs> I learned. I learned. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It's a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. No, and I'm now I'm like the opposite, trying to. I think I said that last time to find new ways to really focus on my members because Mm -hmm. I found them to be so important through all of this. And like I'm adding that brain tap. Only my members can use that right now, right? So Mm -hmm. little things that I can try to help out, and I'm really trying to be there more and talk with them more. And every, every one of them, I tell them, I look them in the eye and say, Hey, I appreciate you. It really Mm -hmm. helps. And they feel that I can tell they feel that I mean it and they can tell I mean it and they like to float and they say, I don't want to lose this either. I've heard that so many times. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to go out of business. I I want Mm -hmm. this too. So mutually beneficial for sure. Yes. What other expenses did you focus on? I mean, obviously payroll is a huge one, but what other things uh, did you look for first and what would you recommend, you know, to other people? I think something that I did do well is I reacted to the situation as quickly as I could. And so as the day I found out things were shut down, I went and looked at, you know, my expenses and I just went line by line and said, if this is a monthly expense or even our electric bill, how do I trim this down to either nothing or as little as possible? So the next day I was at my float center, I was, you know, shutting everything off. I raised the, or lowered the temp in my tanks mm-hmm. and our electric bill went down from 1200 a month to like 200, uh, when we were not there. That's and- a significant bill. Yeah. Wow. No, I mean that, I mean, that's even more than we pay in, in Chicago for, you know, I'm not sure what the size is, but that that's a lot of money. 
Yeah, once it gets starts warming up here, our AC has the to heat, run. Yeah, all the time it's one oh seven here. See, today, that's why so. we need to have like blizzards all the time. We don't have to worry about the heat. <laughs> so nice. Yeah, that's convenient. Very, very interesting though. So, as you were doing that, um, did you call all these individual vendors, um, or you know, were they just like subscriptions that you canceled? It was pretty much exclusively online. I didn't really have to talk to anybody. I didn't even bother hitting up my landlord because I know that's a dry well. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, we never got any assistance other than, you know, wow. the PPP. But um, uh, yeah, it was mostly online stuff. And we had things like we were using Spotify for some of the music around the center. So I just turned that off and I was like, we'll we'll get that back going when we're bringing in money. But I just feel like I, I talked to so many business owners that were kind of frozen and they just, they, I don't know if it was just the stress and anxiety of the moment. They just didn't react to in a, in a lot of ways that they could. And it's like, even right now I'm changing things constantly to try and figure out new sources of income. You know, with our expansion, it's really worked out well because we have these alternative sources of, of income other than the, the float tanks, which this is really, really strange, but our massage business is the best that it's been. And floats are slower, but our That's massage crazy. business is just blowing up. I, I have no explanation for that, honestly. See, our salt cave all of a sudden is full. Like, wow. And it's crazy. I mean, we reduced our capacity and we spread out our appointments. So there are fewer opportunities, but even our like raw numbers of people going in, we blew in the first 45 days we were open, we blew away what we had done in the first 75 days of the year. Like blew well, away I, I get that. I, I understand why the salt yeah. cave might be attractive right now, but I am really massage. curious. What is your theory about massage? Because I mean, I don't want anybody touching me right now. I'm su really surprised, which I love yeah. massages all day long and it's hard for me to let that go. But what's your explanation for that? I think, I think it's just people are stressed and it's yeah. something we're seeing some new folks for massage. And I think there's a lot of the smaller places that aren't open. We, we have therapists that do a, a technique called Ashiatsu where they massage with their feet. And one of the main Ashi places in town hasn't opened back up. So oh, I'm seeing wow. some of her clients. Um, but yeah, I got, I got a message today from one of our contractors that the massage, uh, Massage Envy, one of the big chain places, she said, I didn't get any appointments today. And we, we weren't killing it, but we had, you know, we had three for one of our therapists. So it's really strange. And I think, I think part of it is definitely that we have a killer massage therapist crew right now um, that can fluctuate. But the, the, the ladies that we have right now are really amazing. And um, just people being really stressed and going to something that's familiar Whereas floating is something new for a lot of our. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I uh, have one other question, Dylan. I, so you talked about the PPP and the fact that you use that to pay your team right away. Did you also have the challenge like most of us are having with employees that it's better for them to not work because of the stimulus how did you handle that? And did you, you know, find that in the beginning people stuck around and then left? How, how did that all work? Um, I initially handled it with ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that was the case. I, I can't say whether or not I would have made that decision, but I actually, you know, I've, I've never, we've actually never had an employee file for unemployment and I've never been on unemployment. So I really knew nothing about it. And 
in my head, I thought that they, because Texas is also, like I said, it's a red state, so our unemployment is not as as good as um, or as lucrative as some of the other states. Um, I didn't. I actually thought the six hundred uh, was monthly, not weekly. And so, yeah, I'm I'm I kind of. I was when I found that out, I was wrestling with some guilt because I realized that yeah, they would have been better off financially going that route. I had no idea, and so, uh, but that no, they all stayed with us, and um, oh. it was really odd though. This so this thing happened where I brought back my entire crew of like twelve people between massage therapists and float staff, and then. Uh, for the folks that helped me with front and back of the house, I've lost almost the entire group. So I'm training, I'm currently training three new uh, staff members because it's like everybody's life just got turned upside down. I had one move away, um, one just graduated. So she went on to her new career field. Um, actually, that happened with two. So it was, I think it was mostly timing, but it was also just Everybody, um, I had one just recently that um, she wasn't comfortable just being around people at all. So she got a call center job working from home. Oh, wow, interesting. Um, so it's a little tough right now um, not having that senior knowledge and, and also not wanting to be there, you know, every single day. I think I answered your question somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. $600 a week, but it stops uh, at the end of July. They're talking today. Well, I read an article today that there is something coming, um, some kind of modification. You know, we talked about this on a podcast a couple weeks ago that, you know, some theories are that they're going to do an incentive to go back to work. But uh, the word on the street is that they're going to do a gradual reduction from $600 a week to 400 to 200 to kind of wean people off. Mm. Um, I guess, you know, by percentages, if it goes to 400, like 63% of the people still will, will be making more than they are working. And if it drops to $200 a week, it's like 36 people, 36% of the people will still be making more. So wow. it's going to be interesting to see how that works for sure. Whew, good times. Um, <laughs> How wild. Um, it is, honestly, just a quick aside here. It is kind of refreshing to have. So we have a staggered schedule. We have a lot of time in between our floats. And while maybe the finances aren't meeting our needs, uh, it is really nice to just have a slower pace than what we're used to, which is just cranking all the time. So that's been mm -hmm. pleasant. But um, what, in, in the counter to that is we do need to make, make money. What are you doing to bring people back in? You talked about having things kind of backloaded with your reputation and your previous marketing, what you're putting out there. What are you doing now to get people back in? I've uh, one new technique that I've been playing around with is um, Instagram influencers. I, I kind of mm. tapped into a new market that I hadn't really played around with before. We just kind of found uh, folks that had a good following in our city, but I started focusing in on, on bodybuilders um, mm. They, they put a tremendous amount of effort into, uh, yeah, there you go, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> they, they put, they spend so much money between their food and their supplements and everything else. Mm. Um, and they're so dedicated. Um, and I think I initially just kind of stumbled on it, but I've found a few pro bodybuilders locally and 
and it's partially helpful because we have floating, but we also have Normatec compression boots. We have an infrared sauna. So we have a lot of recovery tools. And so I'll bring them in for free services. And um, I, I don't explicitly tell them to put out a post, but they, they always do. Nice. And um, I, I've, I've been thinking I need like a little bit more of a formal agreement with them. But, um, you know, we've had some some folks come in that have 120,000 Instagram followers and they do a, uh, a post about how much they loved their float. And I immediately see 10, 12, 20 new follows, you know, within oh, nice. a few hours of that. So influencers can be effective, but I've learned that it's having the right type of influencer come in. And um, I like that. I like that niche. It seemed to have really worked out. And I've actually talked to people that are like, I follow, you know, this person. And so I wanted to come in because they'll do anything for recovery. That's like the, the, the key for them. That's, that's pretty cool. There um, are entire networks that you can get into for influencers. There's like, you can sign up for services to be connected with influencers. And actually Facebook oh. is launching their own version. Um, they're kind of creators is what they call it. But um, there's a whole world that's out there where you can tap into those. That's good enough. I've been kind of winging it. I just sent him a private message like, yeah. hey, I'm Jeremy. That's <laughs> right. what, you know, I think that's the better way to do it though. I, honestly, Jeremy, because... I wonder with all of these services now that you can get for these artificial influencers, mm -hmm. you know, I think at some point, you know, it's going to lose its genuine mm -hmm. influence. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the way you're doing it is the right way, Jeremy. I, mm -hmm. I think getting into those machines and, you know, I've got somebody on my staff that, you know, laughed at the number of Instagram followers we had when we first opened and she opened an Instagram account the next day she had 2,700 followers or something. And I asked her, I said, you know, how do you feel about that? Because you know, those aren't genuine followers, right? So it, it, do you think that's the way to go? Is that what we should do is just sign up for that? I mean, I just, I, I'm torn about that whole thing. I know there's a, whole, there's a yeah. huge drop off happening right now, though, because Facebook and Instagram yeah. are really cracking down on those paid accounts. And so what's happening is a lot of yeah. these really big brands and even some smaller ones are starting to see their numbers plummeting. Yeah. And it's because a lot of those paid networks and, you know, paid followers um, are disappearing off the platforms. So people Keep are doing what you're doing, in the Jeremy. Media world. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, I, I always look at, you know, are they actually getting likes and comments, more importantly, comments, you know, mm -hmm. are people actually engaging with their profile or are they just looking at pictures of pretty people, you know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. I actually talked about that last week. I, I won't get into it, but yeah, what you're putting out there to get new people in might be different mm -hmm. than what you're putting out for your, you know, already active people. You okay. tailor your images that way. Um, Jeremy, I'm not sure if you're a subscriber or not, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Patreon that we have an athletic tier where every single month you get uh, several images, high quality images of athletes, people who are bodybuilders, uh, just muscle bound people, basically. <laughs> and, and I want to get a widespread of what athlete means by all means, but usually it's within the, this person obviously <laughs> looks like an athlete, so... No, that's a great idea. I'm a Patreon supporter, but I, I actually, honestly, I forgot about the athlete one. So I need to, yeah, that's a great idea. It's good stuff. Great images. It's really personal good stuff. Team. Thanks, Kim. It's good stuff. I'll validate uh, you. And, and yeah, a, a, um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, 
I don't know, the, the Instagrammer who is doing makeup tutorials and makeup tips might not be the same person who's going to actually bring you in guests. And I've basically mm -hmm. had that experience of they have a ton of followers, but I don't see any pickup in views, subscribers, anything like yeah. that based off them. So you want the people who are your target demographic, which might not have as many subscribers, but they're the people who have like true um, followers. You know, they're not just following somebody because they like to look at a pretty picture every day. They're there for a genuine reason for whether it's stress. fitness, stress, mm -hmm. exactly. Like <laughs> we need stressed out tips. influencers. Um, <laughs> right. And, uh, and, that, and that there's a, a real true segue to your business. Like yours actually pairs along with what they're putting out there. Yeah. Right. I think martial arts is another area where you could have a, a really respected local martial artist with like 2000 followers. They're going to bring you in a lot more people than the 50,000 followers. You know, like I said, pretty people. <laughs> there's a little bit of overlap there. Uh, Drew is a martial artist and, uh, and, there, and he's a pretty person. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Eye candy. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, he's right. My martial arts, CrossFit, there are certain right. activities where if you get the main person to say, hey, I just did this and it was awesome, everyone follows them and does what they did. Whatever yeah. the pro new product is or the new nutrition thing mm -hmm. they're trying. But there's that's I found that to be very effective as well. Awesome. Yep. I think you look good like, and you have good looking hair like this. I guess <laughs> all about it. Save it for the video episodes, Drew. All right, all right. Uh, we, we, uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't expect us going towards uh, social media influencers today. That's really interesting. Like that's a, that's a great way. Which oftentimes you can work in trade, you know, or they're just they just come in, you know, they're just interested. But actually pairing up with them, actively getting them in for trade, doesn't cost a lot of money. This is a great, great uh, kind of guerrilla marketing way to to get your your name out there, and I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, especially, you know, I, I think Facebook is so powerful, but God, I hate them. I hate Mark Zuckerberg. I hate what they do. Uh, I think they're disgusting yet. I, how, how should I reach people, you know? So pairing with your community, although they're probably, they're posting on Instagram and Facebook, <laughs> uh, but at least you're not giving your cash directly to them, just your personal information. So, um, uh, that's, that's some good insight that I didn't anticipate tonight. Does anyone else feel like the new Pages app is worse than it was before and it was garbage before too? <laughs> it's, it's been driving me crazy. I hate that Pages app. You know, I'm not sure I've even been in there since the update. I'm, I'm always on my laptop doing the... Yeah, they're oh. really pushing everything towards their new creator studio and like all of that sort oh. of stuff. So um, it's kind of their own social media scheduling platform and oh. editing tools and all of that kind of stuff. So they're, they're moving it that way slowly. But oh. half, I just want to throw one tiny Thanks. nugget. Yes, okay. Hashtags on Facebook um, are getting ready to actually make a difference. So oh, hashtags have always been a big thing on Instagram. Facebook has yeah. recently been investing a lot of uh, development time into hashtags. They're starting to push it. And if you have something that's hashtag, there's little reminders of, you know, click this to see more. Um, mm, so they're starting to really push it. So start stepping up your, your Facebook hashtag game. It's good it's, to know. It's, it's always interesting. Like Facebook is, they like, we're big into VR and that didn't yeah. take, well. and maybe it will down the road, but there are all these yeah. things like it's the next app, it's the next this. Uh, but that does seem like an easy one to yes. put out there and, and potentially get some good bang yep. for your, your time. Groups and hashtags. It's their mm. big stuff this year. Nice. Good. Anything know. else anybody want to share, uh, share before we close out? 
I'm so happy to see you, Jerry. <laughs> it's just it's really to awesome all, yeah. to see you. Yeah. yeah thank you. Well, obviously, we're cutting that for for time. We're cutting that out of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, it is always truly a pleasure to see you. It really is. Uh, it was uh, great to see you in person, and it's pretty decent to see you over Zoom too. But it's good to see your face. <laughs> Thanks um, a lot, y'all. I hope I said something that was helpful. I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Uh, before we go, I want to say a couple thanks. One is to Floodway for supporting the show since day one. That was just crazy. I really appreciate it. I, I want to thank uh, Float Buoy for supporting us as well. Check them out for more marketing. You want that marketing assistance? Now's the time. They're doing great work. Get your monthly dose of social media, email, uh, content to get out there, blog posts to help your, help your feed, you know, help that content drip. And um, let's see here. What else? Thanks for listening. My gosh, really appreciate you. Yeah, you. I appreciate everybody supporting us on Patreon. Yeah, that's you too. I appreciate you. And thanks to Kim for not only being a host here, but also for taking show notes live, which I'm sure I could not do. Thanks to Gloria, Drew, and again, Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Until next week, uh, <laughs> cut those hours and uh, stay, stay boots on the ground and Please try to keep your float center open if you can. Talk to you soon. <laughs>